Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. So turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 18. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there. Stay standing if you don't mind just got convicted this past year even stronger that we need to stand in honor of God's word God's word everyone's kneeling down where they need to be standing up knowing the right time the right place what to do in God's house it's always good to honor him always good to honor him today's topic we're going to be talking about the philia of God the philia love of God. There are different types of love in the scripture. Last week we talked about the eros of God, the central physical part of our love and affection as human beings and how it properly has its place in God's kingdom. We talked about marriage and talked about relationships and I thought it was really good. Today we're talking about the philia of God and the other aspect of what God gives us, something called brotherly love. Now, next week, you don't want to miss next week because next Sunday, Pastor Don and I are going to be up here and we're going to be talking about the agape, of God, agape love of God, which is essentially the overwhelming, unadulterated, unlimited nature of God in our lives and how it relates to us in marriage and relationships and dealing with people. But this is a good series. Love is the secret. Are you ready to go? Tell you what, you need to wake up. Turn to your neighbor, look at them, and tell them you did not come to a funeral. You came to a house of worship. Come on, look at them. Tell them this is not one of those religious churches where you sit down there and just nod every once in a while. Somebody shake your neighbor and tell them, wake up, you're in a spirit-filled church. That's right, I did say shake. I did say shake them. What's cool about next week also is that we're going to be receiving uh, questions. Questions. and Watch our Facebook page. Uh, submit your questions to clc.org forward slash love. And the questions you submit are the ones we're going to be discussing up here. How many of you would like to talk about some topics that you have in your mind and in your heart? How many of you have some topics you'd like to discuss? Anybody? essentially what I'm telling you is we're going to preach exactly what you want next week but we don't know what you want if you don't submit it so submit it and uh, we're going to have a good time 1 Samuel chapter 18 verses 1 through 5 even if you don't like the sermon Pastor Dawn's pretty enough you can just look at her and smile she brings a joy to my heart I think she brings a joy to y'all don't you appreciate Pastor Dawn Well, we're so appreciative of what God is doing. We know that God is able to do all things. How many of you know that God is able to do all things? First Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. It says, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him. Saul took him that day and would not not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David and because he loved him as his own soul. And David stripped himself of the robe that was on him, gave it to David and his armor even his sword, his bow, and his belt. And David went out and he was successful wherever wherever Saul sent him. So that David sent him over to the men of war. So when Saul sent him over to the men of war, and this was good in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants, which essentially means that David was very favorable and God shined on David 
What's interesting to me here is, um, is really what we want to build on is, this, is the fact that David was, was promoted. David was promoted, and in his promotion, he needed one thing in his life. Uh, he needed one person, at least, to help him understand how to relate to this new life. The new life was he was going into the king's palace. He had to learn how to fit in and how to relate. How is he going to connect? Jonathan was going to be that one person that was going to help him connect. Someone asked me one time, why don't you wear suits and ties when you preach? Well, I grew up for about 15 years of my Christian life wearing suits and ties to every church service. And I have to be honest with you, when I first came to church, I was required to wear a shirt. Uh, and, and listen, if you see someone with a shirt and tie, uh, you need to compliment them if they look, they look good. I, I love some of you guys that are wearing your best and wearing suits and ties. But they'll even tell you what I believe is, is I believe that God expects us to wear our best in attitude and spirit and worship. But one of the reasons why I don't is because I remember growing up and people would come to church and they, would, they wouldn't come because they said, I don't have a shirt or a tie or a suit. So I feel like the Lord told me years ago, if you want to make somebody feel welcome, then, then find some common ground and, and make them feel accepted in some way. So a lot of things that we do is just so pe- we can relate to people. We are focused on trying to be an influence and trying to make someone feel comfortable. We do that with the coffee. You don't have to pay for coffee. We do that by our great greeters that are in the entrance that always hug you and welcome you. I see them all the time. They, they hug every single one of you if they can. We do it by just the technology that we have. We do it with all the things that we possess to make someone feel welcomed. Now, we don't have a robe to offer. We don't have our sword and shield. I can give you God's word, and I can teach you how to be protected. Silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we give to you. What I'm trying to tell you is is that in church culture, the main thing is to make someone that's outside the kingdom feel welcomed. Whatever you have to offer, You are the Jonathans of this generation. You are the Jonathans of this generation that God has called to be a light into the world. And God will use you to bring Davids into the kingdom. And when David came into the kingdom, David was a great warrior, soon to be king. But David saw a brother. David just saw a brother. Thank God Jesus is a friend who's to get closer than any brother. This Sunday morning, I want to talk to you about a subtitle of the message being God's love over everything. Brotherly love over everything. We ask the Lord to bless this service one more time. Pray the blessing just like you do right before you eat. Because we're about to receive spiritual food right now. He asked the Lord to bless us today. Will you ask the Lord to touch me? So, so, you know, I pray for myself and I pray for you. But you know what? Let's ask the Lord to come in this moment and anoint us. Anoint us. Lord, today, right now, anoint us, God, and give me words to speak and give us hearts to listen. Lord, we pray today that your presence would be stronger in our lives more than ever, God, more than ever. Let your word, God, Let your word be heard. Let your spirit be here in Jesus' name. And somebody say amen. Come on, say amen like God has ears. You know he can hear you. Say amen. Amen. And you can be seated. You can be seated this Sunday morning only if you're smiling. Only if you're smiling. Smile for me real big if you don't mind. I know you didn't brush your teeth, but it's okay. Smile. Your one smile will break your depression. Did you know that? Amen. One smile will get and straighten out your attitude, make yourself smile. 
You're in God's house. Philia. Some actually refer to it as filio or however you respond and speak of the brotherly love of God, you're always going to uh, recognize that as God's, Jesus' instruction to his disciples. It was one of the things that Jesus said secondly that was uh, after the greatest commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Brotherly love. Brotherly love is so important. It's mentioned in the scripture many times, and it's referred to by Jesus on more than one occasion. I, I, um, when I think of brotherly love, I think of Philadelphia. Philadelphia, the, I don't know who you were rooting for for the, for the Super Bowl, but I have to be honest with you, I, I wasn't rooting for either team. Not because I hate football, I'm just, I just missed it. I, I just, I'm not a big football fan, but I am a big fan of the Super Bowl parties. I love those wings and love the creativity men put into their little Super Bowl meals. Right, wives? It's like your husband doesn't know how to cook all month, all year until Super Bowl comes up and he's got all this creativity flowing. You see him going on Pinterest, finding all kinds of stuff, right? We get creative around that time. I love the fellowship of the Super Bowl. Now, I do like basketball, you know. I do enjoy basketball, um, watching it. I've just never been a big fan, but I've always rooted for football teams that were kind of the underdogs, just because. I don't know. Now, don't take away my man card, okay, man? Because I still root for every Texas team. I do, but I like going to basketball games. So I was wondering, who am I going to, who am I going for? I had two or three people ask me, who are you going for, Pastor Bobby? Who are you, who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have an answer. <laughs> I, uh, I thought to myself, you know, I, I just, the Patriots, they really, they really been doing good. And, and I said, man, they're, they're, they're a team of excellence, it seems like to me. But the Philadelphia Eagles, it seemed like they haven't won anything in a while. And I, I, I'd sure like to see them win. But then I saw the city, how they were responding, and all the, all the looting and all the car and the fires and all that was going on. I said, no, they, they're just, they don't deserve to win. <laughs> you know, in my mind, I was thinking, well, you guys are crazy. I don't know. And I, I was just going back and forth in my mind. This is just me now. I'm just being honest with you and telling you how I think. I was, and, I, and I probably shouldn't even put that much thought into it. But it's, it was important to other people, so I, I thought, well, I better make it important to myself. Next time somebody asks me who you're going for, I want to give them an answer, but I want it to be a good answer. I couldn't find a reason. I couldn't, for the life of me, I couldn't find a good reason. But then I... I read an article, and this kind of moved me. I read an article about the Philadelphia Eagles, how some of the players started to give their life to Jesus. And I started reading about Nick Foles, how he said immediately after winning over Minnesota Vi the Minnesota Vikings, he said, I'm blessed to have an amazing teammates and amazing coaches. And first and foremost, he said this, all glory belongs to God. Now, I wouldn't be here without him. And this is just very humbling and so unbelievable. I read the story, and I began to look a little bit deeper, and I realized that... that uh, there were actually Philadelphia Eagles that were being won over to Jesus Christ. And I, I looked a little closer, and they were baptizing their own teammates. They started having Bible studies. At the start of the season, the quarterback and teammates, Zach Ertz and Trey Burton and Carson Wentz and, and Chris Margos, uh, they released a Bible study on humility and surrender through the YouVersion Bible app. And they started holding Bible studies. 
and the entire team started praying together. And to me, it was a true definition of brotherly love. This all happened prior to the Super Bowl. So when I heard this, I only heard it after the game. See, I wasn't at home for the Super Bowl. I was actually on the road. I was on my way to a board meeting. Uh, I'm part of the board of a, uh, our Destiny Network of Ministries, and we're on our way to Arkansas for our yearly board meeting. And I had to listen to it on the radio. And I thought, well, this is an exciting game. I just want to listen to it and kind of find out what's going on. And <laughs> I, I wanted to listen to it so I can have conversation with the guys when I get there when they talk about it. I know, it's pitiful. I didn't become a fan of the team, and it may change, but I didn't become a fan of the team until afterwards I heard all of this going on. And I thought to myself, I said, Lord, thank you for letting them win. Anybody who gives honor to God and comes together with brotherly love deserves to win big. I think that... I really think and I know that when brotherly love begins to be shown in the family, in the churches, or wherever it may be, even even Psalms says this, that where there is unity, God commands the blessing. And things begin to happen when you have chemistry and people begin to relate and honor God. It just takes one person. It just takes one person to move and show an act of kindness. And that act of kindness and that brotherly love will be very contagious. It's amazing to me that Jonathan showed that kind of brotherly love to David and how David was so benevolent in his life. David, at one point in his life, when he was an armor bearer, he took in 400 men, 400 warriors who were broken depressed and in debt, the scripture says. And he took 400 men that nobody else wanted, showed them love, showed them attention. And out of those 400 men came out mighty men of valor, people who are men who are able to stand on battlefields and, and kill hundreds in their own might and strength that God gave them. And David had a way of building chemistry. And, and you see, David fought many battles. Now, the scripture says that David went out and fought many battles as an armor bearer. And when he came in back to the, to, the, to the kingdom, that the people would cry out, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And, and they clapped their hands and they cheered on David. And that's when Saul became jealous. But it wasn't David that only defeated the enemy. It was what was in David because Saul made him, if you look closer, the scripture says he set him over the armies, made him a general. Whatever David had, he put it in the men that were following him. So he knew how to take people and make them champions. David knew how to relate. He knew how to put himself out there. He proved it during the battle with Israel and the Philistines and Goliath was there, he stepped up and he said, well, is anybody going to do anything? Who would, defer, who, would, who would dare defy the armies of the living God? And he went straight to the king and told the king, um, listen, dear king, uh, I've, I've been in a position where I have fought a lion, and I have fought a bear, and God strengthened me to defeat him. And I know that God can give me the same strength he gave me in the shepherd's field. He can give it to me today to defeat that giant. Just give me a chance. And he stepped up there. He didn't ask for everything that everyone had. Before David was given the robe and a sword and a shield, David first stepped out by faith and said, Here I am, God, use me. Everything else follows that. God blessed David with that kind of attitude. Churches and families are products of the leaders in their life. David was a great leader. David knew how to comply. David knew also how to accept brotherly love. 
If you're going to give it, you also have to learn how to receive it. God blesses you when you're able to receive as well. Because most of the time when God begins to use you, God has to use somebody else to advance you. Life moves at the speed of relationships. David had a Jonathan. John Mark had a Barnabas. Somebody had to validate someone. Even Jesus had John the Baptist. Naomi had, uh, Ruth had Naomi. And so forth and so on. That brotherly love does not only pertain to the, gen, to the gender of male to male, but also female to female. Brotherly love, brotherly love sister love. It's a God-given attribute. It's the only thing that Jesus said that would distinct us from the, that would cause us to be distinct from the rest of the world. Listen to John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Listen to what he says. Jesus said himself, a new commandment, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Just as I have loved you. You also are the love, listen to what he said here. Let me, let me start over again. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So just like I loved you, you're to love one another also. And then he goes, by this, by this example, all people will know that you are my disciples. They're going to know and have knowledge that you are my disciples. And by this, if you have love one for another. Knowledge is very common in the world. Knowledge is very common in the world. We possess knowledge. People possess knowledge. People know that this is the church. People know where you go to church. People know that you go to church when you go to work. They have knowledge of that. Um, we profess and say that we have knowledge all the time. The world is filled with knowledge. How many of you can agree the world is just filled with knowledge? Universities, colleges, they give you an abundance of knowledge. You can, you can get overwhelmed and overwork. Solomon said that you become weary through studying. Knowledge is just, we have no lack of it. The internet, you can put in search and Google anything and you can find it and you can research. YouTube. <laughs> I call YouTube the Latino University. You learn how to do everything on there. DIY, whatever you want to do. I mean, you can learn how to do anything. Need a profession? Go to YouTube. Want to learn Photoshop? Go to YouTube. <laughs> Want to be a carpenter? Go to YouTube. The world is filled with knowledge, but knowledge isn't everything. Knowledge will only get you so far. Jesus said, you can be my disciples, but you need one thing while you're being discipled, while you're getting knowledge. You need one attribute in your life to really prove to people that you are my disciples, and that's love. That's love. So there's another attribute that's in the world that comes into the world by God. That one attribute is wisdom. That's wisdom. I believe that the love of God and, and the love of God has so many attributes and wisdom is in it. When we experience God, we worship God, right? How many of you felt God's presence when you were lifting up your hands or you were just feeling after him? However you feel after him, how many of you felt God's presence today? Raise your hand. You felt God. If you didn't feel God, it's just a matter of time before your mind gets focused. Most of the time, I, real, I realize when most people don't feel God, it's because their mind is so occupied with other things. They're not zeroed in or focused. 
Once you get focused in and, and, and God has your attention, then you have God's attention. But because of knowledge, knowledge is constantly, constantly trying to take away our attention. How many of you came to church this morning used to have knowledge of what happened yesterday or this past week? How many of you are actually, don't raise your hand, but how many of you are actually dealing with some things that happened this week that you have to get over in order to have a great Monday? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm just asking. Everyone has knowledge of something. But what breaks that cycle of going to the same routine of what we're doing is going to take wisdom from God. Now, I'm about to build you something here, and I'm about to show you something, and, and I'm building a foundation to try to help you. Because brotherly love is an attribute that gives you light. Number one, brotherly love gives you light. Brotherly love gives you light. Anytime you see the word light in the Bible, you reference that. Look how the scripture uses that. David said, your word is a light unto my feet. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus was a light in darkness. What does that mean? Well, what that meant was is that Jesus came in a dark world, and he was what? A teacher. What did, what, what did Nicodemus call him? A teacher come from God. He brought understanding in a dark world. And the scripture says, as many as received him, to them they become the sons of God, our sons of light. Light is understanding. And when you and I walk in that light, we are walking in a dimension of understanding. But there is something that can snuff out that light. Here it is. If brotherly love gives you light, then 1 John 2, 9 and 11 needs to be recognized. Listen to what the scripture says. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother, he is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in what? Come on, somebody. Don't be shy. Whoever... Loves his brother, abides in light. In him, there is no cause for stumbling. Did you catch that? That's a secret. In him, there is no cause for stumbling. If you have light. Why? Well, if we turn off all the lights in this place, covered up the doors, We'd all run over somebody if I said, okay, everybody, you're dismissed this Sunday morning. God bless you. You can go now. In complete darkness, I promise you somebody's going to fall, trip, stumble, and step on someone. It's, it gets dark in here. It's gotten so dark in here when we've come to pray sometimes at night, the little LEDs off of those little projectors, after a while, they become a pretty bright light in here. Little bitty, little bitty LEDs. You can see the ray of it going that way after a while. The, little, the, the smallest light in darkest places is so beneficial. Sometimes we lack light, but we get just enough God in our life to get to church, to keep on praying, to keep on doing the right thing, to stay on the right path, not to err and not to stumble, but to see exactly what's in our path. Here's what happens. This is what occurs. When you have wisdom that comes from God, what does the Bible say that wisdom is? It's gentle, right? Kind, loving, considerate. And what does it say about knowledge? Knowledge is gained. Knowledge we have. We're, there are different kinds of knowledge. We get knowledge from the world, Right? How many of you understand that? We get knowledge from the world. We, we get godly knowledge. Okay? We get knowledge of something. We get knowledge of things you don't want to know about sometimes. Sometimes when we get knowledge of someone uh, because of a word called gossip. 
Sometimes we get knowledge of betrayal. This is all knowledge. The Word of God. Godly knowledge. No matter what, how many of you can agree, it's all knowledge. Right? Even finances. You get knowledge and you find out you're overdrawn. You're going to respond to that knowledge. Am I right? You're going to respond. What you do with knowledge, if you don't include God's wisdom, understand something. There are different kinds of wisdom. There's a wisdom you get from experience, and there's a wisdom that only God has and comes from above. The godly wisdom, the God nature of who he is and the decision making. Wisdom is knowing how to do, knowing what to do. The what really includes the knowledge. But this is what happens. If you take the knowledge, and let's say you, you don't use godly wisdom, but you use earthly wisdom. This, this direction here, when these two collide, it'll take you in the wrong direction. It'll take you in the wrong direction. But whenever you take the wisdom of God and it collides with the knowledge, it takes you straight in the direction you need to go. And it leads you into light. Gives you light. Gives you, right here, direction. Now, the reason why I'm showing you this is because most people in the most people live in this area right here feelings and emotions and because when knowledge is given to you that knowledge tries to snuff out every good thing that God has placed in your life and you respond to it by making wrong decisions this is the quickest way you can be robbed of the blessings of God in your life and essentially what that does is it makes us blind we don't walk right. We don't respond right. We don't do right. But here's what happens. Through loving God, just the love of God coming into our life, we obtain the wisdom of God. And when wisdom that comes from God is colliding with the knowledge that we have, no matter what the knowledge is, if it's concerning our finance, if it's betrayal of a friend, if it's gossip, godly knowledge. See, I believe that when you take knowledge, knowledge from godly direct or the word of God with earthly knowledge, it turns into religion. Financial knowledge with earthly and sensual wisdom turns into debt. Gossip with earthly wisdom turns into offense. Are you, are you with me? Worldly knowledge with earthly wisdom, sensuality, that James, how many of you know what I'm referring to when I'm talking about the different kinds of wisdom with James and what James said with godly wisdom, earthly wisdom? How many of you read that scripture in the book of James? There are two kinds of wisdom. And when those two collide with the worldly wisdom, you get lost. But this is what happens when you are walking with God and you're walking in light. The only reason you're walking in light is because you have obtained the wisdom of God through the love of God. And you are applying the wisdom of God to the knowledge that you have. So finances, you become blessed. You know what decisions to make. You have direction for your finances. God teaches you how to budget. He teaches you about giving and sowing and tithing and offerings. Shows you and blesses you and gives you light in your life. And people see the light and you gain favor in your life. And God brings promotion in your life. And you know exactly what to do. Sometimes when you give an offering, you pay your tithes. Many times it doesn't come just like money out of the sky. Many times God will give you wisdom and knowledge for things and favor in your life to bring the promotion. 
This is what most people don't understand. I'm not, just hold on with me. Let, let me get to where I'm going to go. Betrayal with the wisdom of God leads to light. The direction you have is because of God's strength and wisdom, you now have forgiveness. And you get to the realization you're walking in light. You don't hate your brother because if you hate your brother, you're walking in darkness. But if you love your brother, forgive your brother, you stay in the light as he is in the light. And listen to what John said after that. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus forgives you of all your sins. If you have sin, you confess your sin, and he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and bless you. Are you not reading the Bible? Somebody give me, somebody give me an amen if you know what I'm talking about. Gossip. Oh boy. If a brother or sister in your life says something about you in this place, the first thing you want to do is Hello. It's me. I heard what you said, Mentiroso. I heard it. Someone told me, they don't lie. That's okay. That's okay. I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remember. Mexicano. I'm going to remember. I'm so bad at holding grudges, man. You need to forgive. You're building yourself a prison. You're holding yourself in prison. Gossip. I forgive them, Lord. I'm not going to be offended by that. Uh, godly knowledge leads to a kingdom direction. You walk in the love of God. You understand it's not about religion. It's about relationship. And you start looking at God's principles not as an excuse to sin, but an empowerment to keep you from sin. You understand what I'm saying? Here's what happens when religion hits the church through this essential, earthly knowledge. People justify the word of God to allow them to do what they want to do and say, oh, we can do what we want. Christ died for us. No, you can be forgiven of everything and he gives you grace to keep you from it. Just saying. I mean, honestly, do you think Jesus just, he died for all of our sins, right? How many of you believe that? He died for all of our sins. And when we come, but what do we have to do to get forgiveness of sin? We have to confess Confess the sin to him. How I many of you believe that? That's Bible. That's scripture. It's in the Bible. But does that mean that we go straight out and keep doing the same thing over and over and over? If you don't have the love of God or an experience with God, you will repeat, you will repeat the process. But through Getting connected to God, you will experience more the way God intended you to experience it. And you don't have to keep going through the same thing over and over and over and over. It's like Groundhog Day. Have you seen that movie before? I mean, same thing, over and over and You know how it's going to turn out. You know what's going to happen. You get good for a while, then it comes up again. Hold on a second. You need light in your life. Let the blood of Jesus give you light in your life. Let the blood of Christ begin to shine in your life. So I'm going to stop right there. I, I, I got on that. That's long enough. But I'm going to have to give you another example and show you my last point. The last point for today is this. Well, I want to give you this scripture, actually. Let me give you this scripture. So essentially, God, it's actually the second point is let your light shine. It's okay. You can throw that back, back up there. But I'm, let me conclude this first point. The first point was uh, essentially God's light shines in our hearts and gives us understanding, right? Knowledge with God's wisdom brings understanding or light understanding. The reason why Israel missed God is because they lacked understanding of who he was. They missed it. They lacked understanding. He didn't come to deliver them from Rome. He came to deliver them from themselves. That was the act of the king. Okay, now, 
Listen to this. But when offense and hatred comes into our heart, it blows, tries to blow out our light. Let your light shine. That's the whole purpose. That's the whole purpose. How many of you got invited to church by someone the first time? How many of you were invited to church? How many of you, because you came to God, your mom and dad had a light in their life? Raise your hand. Keep them up high. I want you to keep them up high. How many of you are in church because a friend invited you to church one day and you came? Keep your hands up. How many of you are in church today because, uh, just not just a friend, but somebody gave you an invitation and you came? Raise your hand. Someone is here because, almost everyone is here because of your family or your friend or your neighbor or relative had light in their life. And they gave you an understanding. That light was understanding. And that understanding shined in your life because you grabbed it. Right? You grabbed it. Proverbs 20 and 27 says this. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward hearts, parts of the heart, in the belly. The belly represents the spirit of man. Remember what the scripture says? Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Well, in this portion of Scripture, it says that that's where your spirit is, and he refers to it as a candle. So when all of these things begin to transpire in your life, and there's problems there, the first thing hell tries to do to you is blow out your flame. But when your spirit is protected by the love of God and you are driven by the wisdom of God and the direction of God, you are protecting that flame in your spirit, and you don't walk in offense. You don't have to try to rebuttal because you know the battle doesn't belong to me. The battle belongs to the Lord, and he'll take care of my problems. And, and you start looking at circumstances like, Lord Jesus, take care of my lightweight. Take care of my heavyweights. Take care of these things. God, I leave it up to you. You're going to take care of me because you love me. I'm a child of God. I walk in his presence. God's been too good to me for me to be upset with you. God has been so gracious to me for me to go to bed at night thinking about you. Do you know when you're losing sleep over somebody who did you wrong, they're sleeping better than you are? They're not even thinking about you. You're the only one up at night thinking about what they did, and they're sleeping well. Let God take care of that. The Bible says that God neither sleeps nor slumbers. He doesn't get tired. Don't worry about it. You pray, let God worry. God takes care of you. More importantly than, more importantly than anything else is your condition of your heart. God knows that through the brotherly love that he has placed in your heart for a soul that is what's going to cause his kingdom to grow. You are the Jonathans of this world. And how many Davids are out there waiting with God-given potential, waiting to come in, and so intimidated or so, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to fit in. I don't know how to respond. How many of you Jonathans brought some Davids today, maybe? You brought some Davids this month already. You found somebody and you said, you know, that guy's got great potential. I see great things in their life. You know what? I don't have a robe, but I sure I can cover you with my faith. I'm going to give you my faith. I'm going to give you the knowledge that I have. Um, you know, I don't have a sword, but, but I'll give you the word of God. You see, iron sharpeneth iron. A brother, so does a brother sharpen his countenance of his friend and and so, you know, I don't have a sword, but I'm giving you the word. And if you'll allow your knowledge and what you have to, to kind of mingle with my stuff that God's given me, then before you leave here, we're going to be sharp, sharp, sharp. Some things will come off. So God will work out some things, but you'll be smoother, you'll be better, and you'll be sharper than what you were when you came in. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. I'm a brother. I care. I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, if you want to go someplace where somebody's going to tell you what you want to hear, I can give you a list of comedy clubs to go to. 
I can give you so many seminars to go hear Anthony Robbins or somebody else that's going to give you that little pep in your step. I love motivational speakers too. But sometimes you have to be in a place where someone has to tell you the God honest truth and tell you that you have to have the love of God. And you need someone like Jesus to shield you, to shield you and to keep you because that's that. It's what's guiding and directing your family. If, if, if the devil can't blow out your candle, he'll try to blow out your spouses. And if you can't blow out your spouses, he'll try to blow out your children's candle. And if you can't blow out your children's candle, he'll try to blow out your co-workers or your relatives outside your family. And if you can't do that, he'll try to blow out your friends. So when they come around you, they don't even realize what they're doing. They say things they don't mean. They do things that they shouldn't have done to try to blow yours out. But the scripture says, if any have sin, go to them and win them back. Give them some light. I'm telling you, brotherly love is so powerful in the church. And if everybody started to love somebody, cared about somebody, when you come to church, isn't it, doesn't it feel good when you come to church and our greeters shake you and give you a hug? Shake your hand. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. They don't shake you right? Where you been? <laughs> On the bus. Where you going? It's early. It's early. My voice is going out. <laughs> Doesn't it feel good to be, to be loved when you come to church? Church is a safe place. We keep it a safe place by keeping the love of God in our hearts. And by that we know. And by that the world knows. That's the knowledge that they need to justify where God is at because you have love one for another. You protect your brother. Hey, I'm going to go even further to say this. You protect your pastor too. We need you guys. We need you. And and I'm going to say this really quickly. I meant to say it before, but thank you. This This is really a good example of brotherly love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sending food to our home, for showing up at the funeral when my mom passed away this past week. When my mama passed away, it was devastating. We knew she would, but it was still very hurtful. But when I saw you guys show up at the funeral, and for those of you who texted us and messaged us on Facebook and showed us love. It was just such a strength to us. And God bless all of you. See, my my brother, he comes from a denominal church and we're, you know, we're non-denominal and we're different. So so we had to come to a compromise at my mom's funeral. And so they had a rosary that night at the church on Monday night. And they had to go through the process. And I was actually speaking on Tuesday. But God bless all of you that stayed for the rosary on, on, Tuesday, on Monday night. All I got to say is, if, if the Patriots had that many Hail Marys, they may have won the Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. You're truly a brother and a sister. It was so encouraging to see your face. But that's the brotherly love I'm talking about. A brother and a sister who, be, who will be there with you, who will call you up. Are you looking around? Have you noticed some people that have been missing? If there have been? Now, it's, maybe it's because you come at different times. When everyone shows up at church that belongs here, we don't have any room. But you know what? If someone noticed you've been gone and you're missing, I promise you, you'll get a phone call. But not if you've always kept to yourself and never mingled with anybody. Can I tell you the benefits of becoming loving and, and allowing the filio of God to fill your life? The benefits of 
allowing the brotherly love to come into your life is this is that when you lose a loved one the church is there it's when you're sick the church is there it's when you're down someone's there to pick you back up if you're going to have friends you got to show yourself friendly but if you're always away you don't want to talk to anybody because i've been to this place before and i've been hurt before you're going to continue to get hurt but you have to be ready to respond this way love is a risk but never allow past experience from stopping you from being a Christian in your life in the present because it will rob you of your future but this is the power of the filial love of God is when you and I the filia of God is when you and I are connected to a body of believers and when one is down the other one is up and when someone is missing you get a phone call you don't have to call me up all the time pastor where's so and so I thought they were there call them I don't have their number well if I get I'll give it to you but I think it's time for everyone to take the initiative and keep your eyes on your friends and families and say hey we're in this together. Does anyone need prayer today? Is anyone down in this place today and you need a brother or sister? Raise your hand. If you need a brother or sister today, right here, there's one. How many of you need a brother or sister today? There's two. There's another one over there. Come on, how many of you need a brother or a sister today? Just, just a word of encouragement. Just a word of encouragement. I want you to stand to your feet if that's you. You just need that word of encouragement. You just need that prayer. Now, if you see somebody stand up, the person, the people that are next to them, I want you to reach out to them and pray with them today. If you need that extra word of encouragement, I want you just to say, God, use me. If you don't have that word of encouragement, I want you to simply just allow God to use you. Can you go pray for somebody? If somebody's there already, let it go. Go ahead. We don't want to crowd everyone like an ant on on some on a on a peppermint. But we want to all stand to our feet. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.